AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the crop insurance industry. With increasing commodity prices, higher price volatility, and rising input costs, America's farmers and ranchers are relying on crop insurance more now than ever before to provide individualized protection and to secure operating loans. Protecting 256 million acres of farmland and 350 commodities across the U.S., crop insurance is the primary safety net for many farmers, enabling them to supply our country with food and fiber year after year. Crop insurance, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Senator Charles Grassley, thank you very much for being a guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, of course, I'm always glad to talk agriculture, not only from the standpoint of my lifetime in agriculture and my son uh, continuing our operation, but agriculture is a big deal for the Midwest and particularly for Iowa, and we uh, feed uh, an awful lot of people from the land of opportunity here that we have in Iowa. Senator, looking forward and with the sequester as a reality, are you satisfied that the USDA will keep the meat inspectors on the job? Yes, I'm satisfied, but not because uh, the secretary agreed with those of us that said he had enough flexibility that he shouldn't have to uh, furlough the meat inspectors, but uh, the Congress made a decision to transfer some money within the Department of Agriculture to make sure it didn't happen. And I don't blame the Secretary of Agriculture for what I'm going to say, but I think that there was a feeling coming out of the White House that since we did not uh, stop sequester from happening, uh, that that the White House wants to make sure that everybody feels the pain that they said they were going to feel during the speeches that the President made during January and February. And presumably that isn't going to happen, but if we would have had to shut down our uh, meatpacking plants, uh, rightly or wrongly, uh, you know, somebody would have felt the pain, but it would have been a needless uh, feeling of pain because uh, the director of OMB had put out uh, recommendations saying that the top priority ought to be national security and law enforcement and health and safety, and surely health and safety covers meat inspection. So, uh, I think that Secretary of Agriculture was just doing what the White House was going to make sure they do, and I'm glad that we were able to make certain that didn't happen by the adoption of an amendment uh, on the continuing resolution. Senator, it seems to come down to money, and we're now moving into farm legislation that should have been done a year ago that now is being considered again in the remainder of this fiscal year. Do you see that Democrats and Republicans can get together and determine what they want for this farm bill so that something can be passed in time to be able to replace the current bill? Well, if you look at the overall budget and look at what the House of Representatives passed, the so-called Ryan budget versus what the Senate passed, the Murray budget, and of course the Ryan budget is the Republican approach and the Democrat approach, it's the difference between night and day, and that's going to have some reflection on agriculture, but uh, it would be uh, fiscally irresponsible to go with the Murray budget that never 
worries about balance any time into the future. And at least the Ryan budget has put together something that would balance at the end of the budget window. And I think that uh, an ethic of government ought to be that we ought to uh, be as fiscally conservative as, as we can until we get to a point where we have a balanced budget. So if you're going to spend less, uh, there's no way you're going to carve out agriculture as something really exceptional, even though in my mind gov- uh, agriculture is very es- uh, essential and uh, and exceptional. But uh, you uh, you can't have a situation where there's any sacred cows when you're running trillion-dollar budgets year after year after year. And you've got to remember in the last four years, uh, the uh, national debt has increased 60%. Senator, you from time to time uh, indicate your frustration with the leadership of the Senate. And we've seen that there are quite a number of standing senators who say they're out in 2014, and a number of other people who say that they're not going to run for Senate. Is there a correlation between those two? No, I think if you look at the individuals that have decided to quit and why they've said they're quitting, I think it's a very personal thing. Uh, and I believe that, uh, that, that there, there might be one or two that in the process of, uh, of, uh, re- resigning or not running for reelection for personal reasons that they may say that, that the atmosphere in the Senate is not what it should be or what it has been. But, Quite frankly, uh, I, I happen to believe that those are personal decisions and uh, the atmosphere in the Senate would be a very secondary thing for most of those people. Would you comment on uh, anything regarding uh, people coming into the U.S. Senate now to fill any of those roles? Do you uh, concern yourself that even in rural states we might not get the uh, kind of people that have the background to understand agriculture that take over some of those Senate seats? The the Senate's full of people that don't understand agriculture. So I'd have to answer your question from another point of view. If there's anything that's going to affect agriculture, it's going to be indirectly, but also in a way that treats agriculture different than in the past from ideologues that have come to the United States Senate that said that the government ought to have less interference in the free marketplace. And, uh, you know, I can appreciate that point of view very much, but what it doesn't take into consideration, agriculture, from my point, not only being exceptional, but different from other segments of the economy in the sense that in order to produce, we're so dependent upon uh, the the, the climate and natural resources and uh, raining at the right time and, and not having hail and all those things. Uh, you know, if you got a roof over your head, you can determine when you're going to produce or not produce. Uh, but when you're, you can't put a roof over agriculture and consequently you're subject to those exceptional situations, even beyond natural disasters, political decisions, uh, international decisions, war, trade decisions, uh, all those things. Farming is at the start of the cycle of production, and we're just subject to so many things. So when you take a position that uh, the government ought to stay out of the marketplace, uh, I can surely buy that, but there's got to be some special consideration 
for things that are beyond the control of a farmer that maybe uh, the manufacturing firm or the uh, financial firms of America uh, don't have to put up with. Let me turn, Senator, to immigration. It's a priority issue for agriculture and for the administration. For agricultural groups, they seem to be all on the liberal side to get people to come in and do our agricultural labor. How do you see Congress dealing with that? Well, I think that you're going to find that the things that have held up uh, agricultural immigration issues, and you, you must, we're dealing with what we call legal immigration, not illegal immigration, that, uh, that it's, that we can be successful there if we make an overriding decision that's affecting every single aspect of immigration, both legal and illegal, agriculture, unskilled, H-1Bs, etc. And that is, is the border going to be secured? If we can write a piece of legislation that's going to make sure you can't cross the border unless you have papers, then I think we can solve a lot of issues, and that's the only thing that stood in the way of uh, getting something done on agriculture a few years ago. Uh, and uh, and that, that deals with the whole subject of legalization of the people that are here already. The chances of securing the border opens the door then for all these other things. Senator Grassley, many in rural America are advocates of gun rights. You've stepped into the fray with a gun bill. What do you think is needed to keep our schools safe and prevent mentally ill people from getting guns and yet not restrict ownership for those who are law-abiding, responsible citizens? Well, I think as long as it, I can tell you what it, uh, I won't be able to tell you what it will include, but I can tell you what it won't include that would uh, make it possible to get uh, an agreement, and that would be no banning of guns, uh, thinking in terms of the Second Amendment, uh, maybe in the purest way, but uh, but being as good as the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, all Bill of Rights uh, are of equal value. Uh, no gun registration, because we don't want the government to know where the guns are. Uh, probably we'd be able to beef up some aspects of uh, straw purchasing of guns, and maybe helping schools uh, finance some police if they're interested in doing it, but not dictate that policy from Washington, D.C., and things of that nature. But uh, fundamental to what we're trying to do is not compromise the Second Amendment. Senator, a final question. Looking forward, is there anything that you see as a threat to agriculture? Any issues you think will challenge us in the year ahead? There's going to be an attack on the renewable fuel standard in ethanol, and I think that everybody's got to be ready for that. We're going to have a big fight in that area. I think that the farm bill will go through fairly smoothly, except for disagreement between target prices and crop insurance, and that's between the north and the south. Uh, and obviously, in the north, we don't want uh, uh, target prices because we don't want people farming according to the farm program. We want them to make these market decisions. Um, I believe we're going to maintain a pretty viable crop insurance program. Uh, 
the estate tax issue's been pretty well taken care of in the decisions that were made on January 1st. We have the $5 million figure as permanent legislation now. Um, we're, we're, we're very concerned that, uh, that this president doesn't push trade as much as he should. There's an opening here that's uh, maybe good news for the first time in, under this presidency that he's going to seek trade promotion authority so he can get to finality on the negotiations of uh, ne- negotiating down uh, trade barriers and tariffs and all that sort of stuff. And since we're an exporting uh, segment of the economy, agriculture uh, exports about a third. Uh, that's pretty important for us, but it's something we have to push uh, to keep. The other thing is, since agriculture is such a high energy uh, uh, user as a segment of the economy, uh, we've got to make sure that we have a strong energy policy that will uh, uh, really, really make certain that we're harvesting North American energy instead of importing from some other country and quit spending $830 million every day to import oil. Senator Grassley, thank you for the time you spent with us, and we hope you enjoy the weekend with your family. Yeah, and same to you and to all your listeners. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the crop insurance industry, providing peace of mind now and for the next generation of agriculture. I'm Ken Root.